Garden stores. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1056, April 13th, 2023. 84 degrees on this day in 2006. Don't tell me. Maybe we'll beat that today. Two degrees in 1962 and ice outs. Minnetonka went out on this day in 1903, 1912, 1949. 1964, 1985, 2009. White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1941, 1943. Are you just randomly saying? 1960, 1964, 2011. And uh, Cal Fralick writes, I love hearing the ice outs. Keep it up. I'm also glad to announce that as of yesterday, all the lakes and ponds on the golf courses in the Fort Myers area are officially free of ice. Oh, good. Is there a way to um, block those people that say they want the um, ice outs? I don't think so. No greater corroboration of my belief that climate change hysteria uh, exists is to provide these ice outs. One year it's 1903, the next year it's 2009. Isn't that amazing? And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Sushi. Uh, I'll keep on the weather. I feel it's my obligation to provide the sense wins. Yeah? Well, I guess I won't. We're going to go right to a guest, Bill Glahn, from the center of the American experiment, who is uh, well tuned in to the... Hi, Bill. Hey, Joe. How are you? Doing fine. Do you, uh, Bill Glahn, you're with the center of the American experiment... And you take a pretty good pulse on what's happening here locally. Uh, I was curious if you had any knowledge of just who it is that's backing Mary Moriarty. Yeah, so I kind of looked into that. Uh, I've been doing a series of posts on the center of the center's website that I call Minnesota for Sale. Right. And I was curious about this inner. Uh, party battle between Keith Ellison and Mary Moriarty. And right. I had done some digging into Keith Ellison's donors, and it's interesting he backs uh, Mary, in, or he backed her in the last election, and he took over the uh, uh, <clears throat> prosecution of this murder case from right. her a couple of weeks ago. And I was just wondering, are they backed by the same people? Maybe, maybe not. But that was interesting to me to find for a local prosecutor's rate. You know, right. Local, Hennepin County is a big county, but it's not that well-known nationwide that uh, in her campaign, she raised $294,000, mm-hmm. and uh, most of it was from donors in Minneapolis or at least in Hennepin County. But uh, I found dozens of donations from around the country, including from 18 different states in the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. So there were the usual suspects donating from New York and San Francisco, Chicago, big cities like that, but also people from Tennessee and you know, Maryland, all these other places I wasn't expecting to find. And then uh, I also found on the state's campaign finance website a couple of 
fairly prominent in democratic circles, prominent uh, dark money groups that spent fairly big dollars on her behalf in the election. So there's a group called Take Action Minnesota. Aren't they George Soros funded? I, you know, I have traced money back to George Soros's organization that they and the other group I found, Faith in Minnesota, which is a project of a nonprofit called Isaiah. Both of them have taken money from Soros-related groups over the years, but I couldn't find any direct link between Soros groups and the uh, 2022 Hennepin County attorney race. Okay. So, so, you know, I could find fairly direct uh, links to, say, uh, Keith Ellison's race, because you had a couple, you had uh, George Soros and one of his sons donated money under their own name to Keith Ellison's campaign for the last go-round. All right. So I got dollar for dollar, you know, I got their names associated with uh, the max contribution they could to Keith's campaign. But I didn't find anything like that for Mary Moriarty. I didn't find a uh, direct correlation between a Soros dollar and her campaign like I did for Keith's campaign. Do do you know anything about Soros? Have you done research? Uh, No, you know, I, I haven't. I've read his capsule biographies, but, you know, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories floating right. around about the guy. And I, I don't know if there's any truth to anything. You know, he's been around a long time, and he was famous for crashing the British pound decades ago and betting against the pound and made tons of money and very wealthy man. And it's been documented by himself that he's given out something like $32 billion through his charities and and uh, political giving over the years, thirty-two billion. You know that would that alone would rank him one of the world's wealthiest men. It, so if it's true, for example, that he's funded about, let's call it twenty percent of the uh, county and city attorneys in the country. At the mm-hmm. if the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, and I don't know that that's true. That's a number I've read. Uh, all I want to know is what the hell does he gain by going soft on crime? And I, I just have never come up with an answer on that. Well, again, you know, I, I haven't studied the man. And although I did, you mentioned the uh, the uh, county attorneys, I'd looked into, as part of an earlier effort, some funding of races in the Commonwealth of Virginia that he was behind. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I could tell you why he's, pick these local races because you can buy them for cheap. Okay. So, you know, in the case of Mary Moriarty, you know, maybe it was less than a million dollars. Right. Less than a million dollars spent on her race. And then she's the head of an office that has an annual budget of $69 million Mm -hmm. and hundreds of staffers, dozens of lawyers working under her controls law enforcement in Hennepin County. Right. So for less than a million dollars, you can control the law enforcement of a county that's bigger than eight states. Isn't so, that something? Yeah, because he's bigger than North Dakota, South Dakota, Vermont, Wyoming, these little population states. Hennepin County's got a lot of people in it, 1.3 million. Right. And so for less than a million dollars, you could buy the law enforcement policy for more than a million people. So it's bang for the buck. Mm-hmm. But what does he get from this other than, you know, maybe he's aligned with the belief that there's too much incarceration, there's too many arrests, that they're disproportionately in minority communities and that needs to stop and he's going to stop it because he can and he has the money to do it. Mm -hmm. But if you look back at his career and how he crashed the British pound and how he's, 
made money in various markets is based on chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that the more disruption there is, the more volatility there are in markets, the more opportunities there are to make money by betting against a currency, by shorting somebody's bonds, or, or however he's decided to place his bet. And so he's got the fortune large enough that he can single-handedly move markets uh, by betting in one direction or another. So, I'm, you know, again, this is just speculation on my part. You mm-hmm. know, I'm trying to put two and two together based on stuff I know has happened, stuff I know he has done, and why is he still doing this. There's also, I've been you know, digging into this for a different piece on the website. Uh, one of his sons seems to have taken over the political enterprise. You know, the guy's 92 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't know how active he is in, in making decisions on where money goes or or strategic direction, but his son is very active. And I posted a picture that his son has on his Twitter account of uh, his name is Alexander. Alexander with his arm around Keith Ellison. Uh, you know, they're, they're good friends. He describes them as a dear friend. They know each other. They've known each other for years. So, you know, I guess I'm more interested in, in what maybe his, uh, his sons are up to than the man himself who's getting on in you. Wow. I'm grateful that the center of the American experiment is in our midst. It's uh, it's becoming increasingly an island of sanity uh, for what's taking place. Where is your work taking you there? What do you hope to accomplish? Well, I, I'm just trying to report on the stuff I don't think is getting reported on. You know, so I've been fascinated for a long time on what's called the low information voter. Right. You know, people who cast their votes who don't pay attention to the news, who aren't fully informed on what's going on in the world, and what information are they basing their decisions on? Mm-hmm. Are they just whatever they might have come across in, in the legacy media, something they saw on TV, something they heard uh, in the radio or on a podcast? You know, What are they basing their decisions on when they go into the voting booth and cast a ballot? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just see a vacuum in the Twin Cities and Minnesota media scene where, you know, the Democrats and what they're up to, it's all positive. Hey, they're helping people. They're they're giving you free this, giving you free that. And so I've been trying to dig into the mechanisms. Well, why are Republicans not winning statewide elections when they have in the fairly recent past? Mm-hmm. And why are Democrats uh, suddenly participating in elections at much, much higher rates than they have ever done historically. And what's going on? And, you know, I'm, part of it is follow the money. You know, the Democrats are outspending Republicans in Minnesota, something like two to one, three to one. And mm-hmm. that gives them an infrastructure to turn out the vote way more than Republicans are. And, but, you know, I'm starting to dig into this and try to answer the, the whys and not just the who and the what. I wish you'd so, tur- I want you to turn yourself loose on why Republicans have abandoned urban America. Well, it's uh, interesting. The piece I'm writing right now was doing while you're working. You know, it's, it's, <clears throat> that's a good question, and it deserves getting into. Mm-hmm. But I'm just fascinated by the fact that Minneapolis and St. Paul are voting at much, much higher rates than the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. So it's not that there are fewer Republican voters in Minneapolis and St. Paul, there are as many as there ever were, but all of a sudden Democrat voters are coming out of the woodwork and voting at rates you don't see anywhere else in the country. 
Bill, are you suggesting that, that there's perhaps um, something at work here? Well, I'm still digging. I'm digging. Okay. I don't have any evidence of anything other than this is very curious. That I agree. Bucking the, bucking the trend of of nationwide voting that Minnesota's biggest urban areas are participating at much, much higher rates than anywhere else in the state. And where historically they participated either at rates at or below state averages. So not only are they exceeding state averages, they're they're leading this big uptick in voter participation across the state. And at the same time, we have the uh, uh, Democrats at the state legislature. Today, they're going to be passing a bill to change all kinds of voting rules, all kinds of election rules, uh, ostensibly to increase voter participation, even though Minnesota literally has the nation's highest voter participation rates. So we're already number one in voter participation. Mm -hmm. Democrats are telling us the biggest problem with elections is lack of voter participation. So, you know, it kind of makes me wonder what really is uh, the motive behind some of this legislation they're undertaking. Because you look at a couple of these statewide races, they were only won by a few thousand votes. Right. uh, For state auditor and attorney general. And the, the difference, at least in those two races, is entirely the increase in participation rates by urban voters. So urban voters are more civic-minded than they used to be, more motivated than they used to be. I'm not quite sure what's behind their sudden interest in voting, but they are voting in much bigger numbers than ever before, and they are flipping the results of races. So uh, I, I guess maybe the short answer to your question is why have Republicans abandoned urban areas? Um, maybe they haven't to the extent you think they have, but what's happened is Democrats have doubled, tripled down on the urban vote. Mm-hmm. It's finding urban votes that they had never found in past cycles. Mm-hmm. So instead of uh, focusing on the suburbs, the exurbs, where everybody thinks the elections are won or lost, it turns out, and I think you are onto something, it turns out in Minnesota elections are won and lost in the densest populated areas in the state. Right. Well, people can follow you at the no, Center no, no, of the American no, Experiment. No, 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 oh, we got no, another. Kenny no. wants to talk to you. Uh, first, one thing about that, um, our, our discussion we just had. We had a, um, a piece of information this week or last week that said Republican voters base their votes on who the person is, how he, he or she stands on policy, while Democratic voters just vote Democrat no matter what. Do you find that to be the case? Oh, for sure. You know, I, I did a long Twitter thread on, on this and related Oh, m- maybe you wrote that. Yeah, that's and, where uh, I saw it on your yeah, Twitter so feed. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're just repeating back to me what I said. So right. Said, I guess. But uh, no, that, that's been my experience that in, in my involvement in Republican Party politics, and that's not anything to do with the center. The center is nonpartisan. But in my past life, uh, involvement in Republican Party politics. Republicans are very interested on winning the argument. They, they want voters to vote for them because they're right on the issues. They've got the right positions on issues. Or they just have a killer resume that, uh, you know, that they've accomplished a lot and they make good representatives or, or good executives because of past accomplishments and, and, demonstrated skills and and judgment and abilities. But if you look at, well, how did Mary Moriarty win the uh, race to be Hennepin County attorney? She won the race for Hennepin County attorney because she was endorsed by the Democratic Party. Right, right. 
and she was uh, on the ballot. It was a nonpartisan race, but she was on the sample ballot that got passed out to every voter in Minneapolis, uh, along with uh, all the other races that prevailed in the state and the county level. So she got the nomination, if you will, for the Republic, for the Democratic Party in that race, and that was enough for her to win, even though she was the lowest vote getter among Democrats. You know, so sure. she didn't perhaps win the argument with uh, independents and Republicans, but it didn't matter because Democrats all voted party line all down the line. Sure. And uh, you see that. My best example of that is John Fetterman, the U.S. Senator oh, from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. You know, the guy has spent most of his short career in the Senate, either in the hospital or incapacitated. And all of this was evidently clear on the campaign trail. He had a stroke. He couldn't articulate complete sentences. He has cognitive uh, difficulties. It's very sad. But Democrats all voted down the line for him, regardless of whether he was up to the job or not. Mm. But again, I don't want to get into the back and forth on the Republican side, but people, oh, the Republican candidate wasn't quite my cup of tea, Mm -hmm. or he wasn't as conservative as I would have liked, or I didn't like what he said about that, and so I'm just going to skip that line on the ballot. And there's back to the voter participation thing. You know, it's been my experience that Republicans are always looking for a reason not to vote for you or to vote no, and Democrats just go right down the ticket, follow that sample ballot, line after line after line. And it just, uh, there's not the independent streak on the Democrat side of the aisle that there is on the Republican side. When it comes to candidates and voting, you know, it's huge yeah. difference in the participation rate. So, when Trump was on the ballot, Republicans and independents came out and voted. When you know it's not a presidential year, then Republicans participate at much lower rates. But Democrats can be counted year in, year out to vote and vote party line all the way. Okay. Vote often, yeah. Okay, and now you know how dumb I am. Um, I need you to explain to me one more time Soros and how he makes money. Um, I, I have his money is based on chaos, so crime goes up. Business, it hurts business. How does he benefit? From- I don't know. I don't know. He, I, he, he's a private investor, and his portfolio is not something that's publicly known. So I don't know if he's shorting bonds or 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 what he's doing to, to benefit from this. Or maybe this is just a personal hobby of his. It has nothing to do with his money. <laughs> sure. He's okay. A true believer in the cause of left-wing politics, regardless of how he about his money and yeah. he wants to put his money where his beliefs are this is his town ball this yeah. is what he does when yeah. he's not working yeah. it's dangerous he's re- he, you know, he's, maybe he's retired from the finance game you know he's certainly wealthy enough he doesn't have to do any more work he doesn't have to win any more financial bets and you see this a lot with the silicon valley guys yeah. or the hollywood people they made their money silicon valley is an interesting case for sure in that a lot of these markets where they make their money are some of the most ruthless capitalistic markets on the planet. Right. And, and they have won. They have won the race, the yeah. cell phone market or the browser market or whatever it is. They won the game of capitalism. And the first thing they do with their fortune is to support candidates and causes that want to end capitalism. Right. So it's a, <laughs> it's a very weird, weird combination of the two. They seem to be voting – opposite of their interest, but maybe I don't understand the nuances of the game. 
Feel free to use us, Bill, if you ever want to break anything. We'd love to hear from you. Sure, sure. Uh, I may, I may take you up on that. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. you can you can be fo- tell us how to follow you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, my handle is at Bill Glahn, that's uh, G-L-A-H-N, and then I blog at the Center of the American Experiment. And I will post both the article that you were mentioning about Mary Moriarty and also your Twitter account to the Garage Logic podcast today, Bill. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Okay. All right, we'll be in touch. The weather is broken in time for us to get our stuff. we got to get our stuff out of EcoFund Motorsports. They might have some of your stuff in storage. They have my scooter, or you're going to get the new electric bike, scooters, side-by-side, youth recreational equipment. EcoFund Motorsports is where GLers go for their outdoor recreation. Right now, a great spring sale. 300 bucks off the total price of Yamaha Zumas. Those are uh, fuel-injected scooters. They turn every urban errand into an adventure. Uh, I'm telling you, the electric bikes are on sale, and Kayla Bloom is an expert. She'll fit you properly. Take it for a test drive in the big parking lot at the new Forest Lake store. You'll you'll get it all figured out. They have the Vanderhall USA Roadsters. Hard for me to describe them. you got to see them to believe how cool they are. They've got the golf courts. They've got a court. Carts, not course. They don't have a golf course yet, but they have the golf carts. Maybe in the works. Yeah, service, uh, helmets, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful operation. Right now, a great spring sale at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just west of Interstate 35, and in Burnsville on the County Road of Life near uh, no, on the service road of life near County Road 42. EcoFunMotorsports.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now. And the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and marketing conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. And you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. If you're obsessive about your lawn and you want the best lawn on the block, go with ProfessionalTurf.com. They've been doing it since 82. Along the way, they've learned a few things about business. They're going to they're come out to your home in person um, for your free estimate. They're going to set clear and accurate expectations. They combine their 35 years of experience with your ideas to create a service program that will exceed your wildest dreams. There's no cold calls here, no upsells. They're just all about your satisfaction. Uh, you'll have your own fertilizer and weed control plan that's environmentally safe, guaranteed for superior results. And if you see anything along the way in the middle of visits, sometimes um, give them a call right away. They'll be out toot sweet and they'll handle it and it will be fantastic. A beautiful lawn 
free of crabgrass, dandelions, broadleaf weeds. It's just a click away. Professionalturf.com. There's a letter to the editor today in the Star Tribune that reminds me of something. I'll get to the letter in a moment. What it reminded me of is I watched a Nova episode last night on public television on the uh, what was presented to me as the loss of permafrost in the Arctic. Okay. And that that because of the loss, of, which of course is being blamed on climate change, and because of the loss of the permafrost, more and more methane is bubbling to the surface of the earth, and it could be uh, responsible for the creation of enormous sinkholes in Siberia and across the Arctic in the most northern regions of Alaska. And what occurred to me during the whole show, and there was nothing ever definitive offered. In other words, they didn't say X amount of methane is being released, and by this year, on this hour, here's what will happen as a result of that. It was just general assumptions. It was all generalized. Yeah. Uh, this can't be good, and I'm, I'm prepared to understand that. That's okay. What occurred to me was not once during the entire episode was a contrary view offered. In other words, they were... They were more than capable of lining up scientists and researchers, all of whom said the permafrost is being affected by warmer temperatures <laughs> and it's and it's it's leaving us. Not once did they have a scientist who say this is you know to say I, I disagree with what you said or uh, no, here's what happens when ABC and mm-hmm. not once. The whole thing was completely one sided. Now is that science? Was this new? Well, it's new to me. I don't. I, um, yeah. What does this remind you of? <laughs> Coronavirus. Yeah. COVID. I, oh yeah. boy. One hundred percent. But is that? I'm I'm being reasonable here. Is that science? To no. Just, to just say to me, permafrost is in trouble, and it, now I'm supposed to sit there and quiver and t- worry about it. T- and, but no one was offered to tell me. Well, here's what happens in this event, or this event, or this event. When you ask the question, "Is this science?" the answer to that is, "It depends on who you ask." Well, you can trust the science. I trust. I don't trust the politics of the scientists. That's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, I'll get back to this letter in a well, moment. Well, these, that these are me. they're hypotheses, and yeah. They hypotheses are meant to discuss and break down and prove true or false, and they don't do that. And it's you could take permafrost, pull it out of there, and put in coronavirus, and it's the same damn thing. Anybody that offered a differing opinion was shut down immediately. Well, in this permafrost is fascinating. There were we we were taken into a cave of permafrost in which mastodon bones are sticking out of okay. the wall. I mean, this stuff's been around for God knows how it's long. It's like walking into crystal caves. Right. And 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 been around that long and yet today, today we are to be alarmed at the condition of the permafrost. Well, okay, I'm prepared to be alarmed, but you didn't prepare me enough to be alarmed. Right. You didn't provide me with a countervailing response to this. The, the letter that reminded me of that was a great letter to the editor today 
in the Pine, I, I'm sorry, in the Star Tribune, written by Marjorie Simon of Minneapolis. She's writing about Mary Moriality. And she has a great point. Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty, Mary, well, I'll say her real name, Moriar- Moriarty's. Can't even say What it. the hell her name right. is. <laughs> Decision to prosecute teens accused of a fatal shooting as juveniles with a two-year sentence. Questions. Uh... The Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty's decision to prosecute teens accused of a fatal shooting as juveniles with a two-year sentence raises questions. Okay. The first is her rationale that teen brains are not fully formed. How much brain formation is needed to know right from wrong? What research does Moriarty cite? Thank you. She needs to share that research and answer questions. I thought this was brilliant. Number one, who conducted the research? Mm -hmm. Meaning, presumably, the research Mary relies on. Number two, what institution employed the researcher? Number three, what was their motive, premise, and purpose? Number four, who funded the research? Number five, how recent was the research and the information used therein? Number six, in which professional journal was the research published? Is it a credible journal? Number seven, what was the was the research duplicated elsewhere, independently and with the same results? Number eight, is there research to the contrary from credible sources? And number 10, what specific brain formation has not yet occurred that merits endangering citizens by the release of a killer or accomplice after two years? Hmm. I ask not just because I want justice served and citizens of Hennepin County safe. I also ask because I am familiar with professors whose research to prove their pet premises is often debunked within a few years, mm. if that. Yeah. Such professors make names for themselves until the research is later debunked. Moriarty's decision may compromise the safety of Hennepin County residents. We deserve to examine the research upon which she bases her decisions. Marjorie Simon, Minneapolis. Uh, thank you, Marjorie. You're, that's pushback, and it was wonderful pushback. And what, who are you citing, Mary? Where do you get this idea that a 15-year-old who coldly fires four bullets into the skull of an unarmed woman, where do you get the idea that that's because the brain wasn't formed enough? you got to know right from wrong at age 15. And shooting somebody dead is wrong. Yes. This wasn't stealing a pack of gum from the corner store. Right. And even there, I would say, what would the brain have to do with that? That's still wrong. And until Mary answers those questions, as far as I'm concerned, she's talking out of her fanny. Right. It's just gibberish and nonsense. Well, anyway, I thought uh, it was But a you're so letter. right. Uh, how that could remind you of the permafrost and the <laughs> yeah. global warming and... And as far as that goes, those are good questions. Remember yesterday or the day before we advised kids to push back come yes. Earth Back Day? Yes. These are questions the kids should be asking to the teachers um, that are shoving this down their throats. Good. I'm glad you mentioned the kids. I've got more ammunition for the kids because tonight on the nightly news, I predict all three networks, and I'm not even counting the cable stuff, all three networks will lead with... Uh, and they'll 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 cast it hysterically, the rainfall in Fort Lauderdale, which is torrential. Yep. Uh, Fort Lauderdale airport's closed. Did I uh, see they got a foot over uh, a foot? A lot of rain. Yeah. Twenty two inches. I oh, kid, is that and, white? And, and wow. the, so I I did my sense wins. 
And I thank God that they're still available. Because I don't trust the people who run Google no. any farther than I can throw them. And that's, once they, uh, that's your government running that. Once they get onto the fact that people like me really rely on them to debunk their hysteria, that stuff's going to get taken down. Right. You need to use Yahoo search. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale was drenched by a historic rainfall event on Wednesday that may rival the state's all-time 24-hour record. And uh, we have to go back quite a ways for that. Uh, we can go back to 1980. Uh, Key West had 23 inches of rain between November 11 and 12 in, in 1980. This, in fact, is from the weather.com, weather channel. Uh, it's higher that possible totals. Uh, it's possibly higher totals. Uh, it's possible higher totals might have occurred in the state's history, but weren't measured by instrumentation that was deemed reliable. For example, an estimated 38.7 inches soaked Yankee Town, Florida, on September 5, 1950. Okay. 38.7 <clears throat> inches in 1950. Fifty. Wow. NOAA State Climate Extremes Committee could review official and unofficial rainfall totals in the Fort Lauderdale area that rivaled the state's 24-hour record from Key West at some point in the future. If they determine any measurements exceeding 23.28 are valid, then this Fort Lauderdale rain could earn the top spot. Uh, we get, then I learned that in... Uh, you know, Hawaii's had some extreme rains in 24 hours, and I go on and on to learn about other states. Uh, but then I have this piece, because I found another piece about the uh, rainfall totals. Florida has four of the top ten wettest cities in the U.S. You have to remember that southern South Florida is tropical. Yep. Only Hawaii and Florida are tropical in the United States. Water is, is that everywhere. Yep. Uh, and the record-setting rainy days to go with them. These four Florida cities ranked by average annual precipitation are Tallahassee, Pensacola, Miami, and West Palm Beach. And uh, Fort Lauderdale would fall, what, between Miami and West Palm? It's the Gulf of Mexico's warm waters that create storms that often soak the state, particularly between June and November. And we go on to learn that uh, Pensacola's average rainfall is 65 inches, uh, we go back to 1973, 1982 for some records. And then uh, it. furthermore, it was also, uh, uh, let me read this sentence that starts. Tallahassee has its wettest month in August with an average rainfall of 61 inches. It has an average of 56 rainy days per year. Its rainiest day in history was May 28, 1973, with 13.8 inches, followed by May 26, 1982, followed by 11.9. Florida's precipitation record for 24 hours was that Yankee Town in northwest Florida, 38.7 inches of rain on September 5, 1950. This is also the highest known storm total maximum related to any <coughs> tropical cyclone which impacted Florida. Furthermore, it was also the second highest 24-hour rainfall, rainfall total in the history of the United States, and it was the result of Hurricane Easy. 
It re, that's a cool name for a hurricane. Hurricane Easy. It remained the national highest 24-hour rain. I'm talking about Yankee Town rainfall record until tropical storm Claudette in 1979. Florida's precipitation record for one year was in Pensacola in 1879. 18, 1879. 1879, 127.24 inches. Fort Myers. Then it goes on to tell me that Fort Myers, Florida, uh, had its wettest month recorded in Florida climate history in May of 18- 91. So my point is, kids, you know, have an open mind at school. You're going to get Earth Day. Earth Day. Earth Day information today, tomorrow, all next week. And you, uh, you're you certainly entitled to raise your hand and say, wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Something ain't right. So tonight on the nightly news, we'll be told that uh, this is uh, devastating. Uh, it's the result of climate change. Uh, some some may use the word unprecedented. Uh, all of this to say that you should remember that it is precedented. It's happened before. It'll happen again. Florida is tropical. It gets copious amounts of rain. Mm-hmm. And the one major difference, the more we progress into the future, is the more people who are inconvenienced by it. The more people who are threatened by it. The more people who are in danger because of it. And I got to say, I don't think that's deterring anybody from moving to that part of the country. Oh, my God. They can't build them fast enough. (laughs) Every quarter mile, there's another housing development. (laughs) Right, right. So let's return here in a moment. You know what helps combat with, climate with, change? With more on the call to prayer. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know what helps combat climate change, Joe? Water. Good food. Food. Yeah, oh. food. So I was just glancing at the uh, 30 Bales uh, website. Oh, man. I eat lunch early. Don't <laughs> do this to me. I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, don't forget, by the way, you can also order online. I've done this a bunch. Call ahead. And by the time you get there, your food's ready. So if you're in a hurry, you got to get home, you got to feed the kids. 30 Bales is a fantastic option. My boys love the burgers from 30 Bales. So go online and you can place the order. But here's the deal. Lunch, 11 to 3. Is on me. Tuesday through Friday. Rook's buying. No. Oh. Uh, happy hour, 3 to 5.30. But check out their menu. I'm telling you what. You try the pulled pork tacos. You're never going to have a different taco ever, ever, ever again. Joe, I know you love the Brussels sprouts, and I was reading the description. Yeah, they are good. Al gratin cheese dip topped with Brussels chips, maple bacon, and toasted. Rook, what is this? Crostini? Crostini, yeah. Oh, it's like a a bread. uh, Like, yeah, a little uh, cracker. Yeah, something like that. I'm not a Brussels sprouts fan, but I love them. I love food that tastes like dirt. All right, noted. And I mean that in the best possible I, sense. I love a, a, you know a, what I'm a saying? messed up Brussels sprout. Yes. Yeah. yes. Also, brunch is a fantastic option at 30 Bales. That goes from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on both Saturday and Sunday. Craft cocktails, you know the drill. That new patio should be open anytime soon now as well. So stop in, say hi to Todd and the entire crew at 30 Bales. Check them out online at 30bales.com. If you want to order ahead, please do so. And let them know at 30 Bales, you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Positive Thursday is brought to us by SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care, located in Shoreview, 1060 County E. Mr. Fender Bender Mender, Mike, stuck in a meeting today, so I get to talk about him behind his back. 
And a couple of weeks ago, Mike and I talked, uh, he talked with us about how we should know exactly what we're insured for. Something full, co- just because you have full coverage doesn't mean you also have, like, say, coverage for rentals. It's important that we know what we're insured for. But if you're like me, when it comes to turning in insurance claims, life can get dreadful and difficult. That's why I love having Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care in my corner when I have damage that needs repair. I want you to listen to this review from Nancy, a Schoonover customer recently. Tom Dolden was wonderful working with us. We had two cars needing major repairs. The first one, a breeze with our Honda, and easy working with our insurance. The, The repairs for the other car was a nightmare with our insurance company. If Don had not been working with them diligently, we would have had to pay thousands of dollars more. Tom communicated with us directly and kept us up to date. He's one of the most kindest and honest persons I've met in a long time, and we we appreciate all the advocacy he used to get our car safe and running. I can't say enough things about this guy from Nancy, a Schoonover customer. Not only are are they on our side with insurance claims, but pretty much everything auto-related care can be had right there at Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care. It's GL's official body shop and always rated as one of the top shops in the metro, schoonoverbodyworks.com. Pretty good, Kenny, huh? Yes. Thank you. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Tri-State Bobcat has three locations. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they do. Wrong, uh, wrong thing here. What's sorry. down in Owatonna? <laughs> yes. Had the wrong uh, window open. Minnesota Masonic Charities, mnmasoniccharities.org, wants me to get the secret out. And what is the secret? Well, there really is no secret. Everybody thinks they're a secret society, but they're giving everybody all of their information. They're an open book, folks, and now you're going to find out just how charitable they are. We want to promote a clay shoot on April 29th. It's the 7th annual Dave Weiss Memorial, and uh, Minnesota Masonic Charities plays a big part in that. So I want you to call this number if you want some information. It's Saturday morning, April 29th, the uh, Garage Logic Anniversary, 612 790 5561. 612-790-5561. If you want to shoot some clays, have a great time, raise a little money, I will tell you right now that Minnesota Masonic Charities will benefit from this as well as Shriners Hospital. So it's a great charity. It's a great event. 612-790-5561. And I also want to remind people that Minnesota Masonic Charities, since 2006, everybody came together and they're doing the work of the Lord, baby. Visit their website, mnmasoniccharities.org, and look for more events and new uh, information on Minnesota Masonic Charities coming soon. mnmasoniccharities.org. I've got a number of emails regarding the uh, call to prayer that will require an ordinance change in Minneapolis. Yes. The Muslims would wish to have five calls to prayer, and I've, I've learned some, some interesting things about that. Okay. That I was unaware of. Okay. Uh, this is from uh, Dan in Buckley, Washington. Is that made up? No. Okay. It is from uh, Buckley, he's I mean. written before. Okay. Uh, Joe, I listened to the discussion today, meaning yesterday, regarding the call to prayer issue and believe you guys are missing a key point. The article in Alpha News discusses that reason it is before the council is because they would have to change the city noise ordinance in order to accommodate sounding the call at the designated five times during the day. 
The current ordinance restricts religious sounds to between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. Okay. The article points out that only three of the five calls to prayer occur between those times. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it doesn't take much math to figure out that would mean that two of the five calls are between the hours of 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. It only took a little Googling to discover that those times actually vary with whatever time sunrise and sunset are for that day in your location. It appears that the two outside of the current ordinances are at approximately one and a half hours before sunrise and at sunrise. For example, today in Garage Logic, it would be sounded at 5.08 a.m. and at 6.34 a.m. Okay. Because 21sters are keenly aware of the longest day of the year, I checked out June 20th. On that day, they would be sounded at 3.30 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. and then an additional one at 11 p.m. because of the late sunset. As the mayor, would you allow those calls to be made between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. in Garage Logic? No, Mm-mm. I would not. On that day, they would be uh, sounded. Uh, oh, as the mayor, no, I'm not sure you'd be reelected if everyone in town was awakened two or three times a night. Agreed. In addition, the ordinance currently allows bells and chimes, and would need to change to allow amplified equipment. I'm certainly glad I live well away from the country's tallest buildings where all I hear at night are owls hooting, coyotes yapping, and elk bugling. Your unofficial Washington State GL correspondent, Dan Schultz in Buckley, Washington. Okay, and I got this from uh, Richard. I'm not good with five Muslim calls to prayer every day. It seems to me to be a flawed act anyway because their members are out and about, dispersed, working their jobs, etc., and won't be able to hear the mosque's call to prayer. It won't fall on the ears they portend to be calling. So it's a ruse. They're after broadcasting their presence to everyone else within listening range, which has no merit. I suggest they make use of technology. Issue an app that will set off the call to prayer in their pocket five times a day. Let me stop right there. I bet that app already exists, by the way. Probably. <clears throat> you could find out. I'm looking right now. The members can then individually choose the extent to which they want to let us all know how they don't intend to integrate with their new society. <laughs> there is no reason to blast the call into the neighborhood or anywhere else other than the inside of the mosque. I'm not averse to Kenny's point that we take away everyone's cookies. I'm Catholic, but I don't believe that my parish bells should really infringe on my agnostic neighbor. I'm seeing at least 30 available right now. Okay. Well, then there's your answer. Right. Uh, It's noise. It could be rightly called a nuisance. Uh, Where's Richard? Where's he from, Richfield. But that's not what this is about. It's not about convenience, Joe. You know what this is about. Well, what do you think it's about? Just what the emailer said. Exactly what you said yesterday. And Kenny made you repeat it because it was over our heads a little bit. No no religion in America demands the public accommodation of this faith. That's exactly what this is. Okay, now you get the, to this. What does the call to prayer really say? It's time to pray. Time to pray. Let's go. Pray to Allah. Right? No, Peace. there's different words to it. 
And I only know this oh, because oh, the, what what there's lyrics. Well, because the only reason I know this is the the portion that I played yesterday, the YouTube clip that I played, it had lyrics associated with. What it. What oh. is the odd Han, and what is it calling for? This is from uh, Church Strategy Amige. Uh, well, I was Ecumenical Interfaith Muslim Mystery. I'm sorry, Ministry. This Arabic word, Adnan, Adhan, has been translated to announcement or to make aware of, and in Islamic usage, it is the announcement of a number of key doctrines in Arabic as a call to prayer. Originally pronounced from a minaret, or tallest point of a mosque, by a muezzin, it is used five times a day with the only variation in the pre-dawn call to prayer, which includes the words, prayer is better than sleep. It states, Allah Akbar, Allah is greater than, and then I won't try to pronounce the language. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Okay. Well, now, could that be problematic to broadcast that to the public? I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Uh, I bear witness that Muhammad is the apostle. Uh, Come to success and prosperity. Uh, the pre-dawn prayer, prayer is better than sleep, and then you go to Allah Akbar again, God is greater, and then you go to La Ilaha Illa Allah, there is no God but Allah. Uh, it is recommended after hearing lines four and five that the Muslim responds with the words, there is no might or power except with Allah. According to the reliance of the traveler, a manual of Sunni Islamic law, it is recommended that all Muslims who hear this call respond by blessing Muhammad with the words, Allah bless him and give him peace. After that, one is advised to add, O Allah, Lord of this comprehensive invitation and enduring prayer, grant our liege, Lord, a Lord entitled to allegiance, uh, Muhammad, a place near to you, you an excellence and exalted degree, and bestow on him the praiseworthy station that you have promised him. Uh, okay, I can go on and on and on, but it's a it's a call for the Muslims to reinforce their belief that there is no God but Allah. Danger. I'm. Uh, Danger. I'm. I'm. Uh, but isn't that kind of the Christian attitude also? And that it's our job to go out and tell the world about Christ? No, I don't Christ? threaten to kill non-believers. Well, well n- no. But and you can have a picture of uh, my guy. You can paint any picture you I, want. I, I uh, raised Catholic. I have, I, have no, uh, I have no belief that suggests to me that other faiths are somehow inferior. I have, nor, I nor have you ever felt other faiths... Are, um, I've never gone up to a Baptist and say, well, well no, most, uh, most faiths believe in God. Right. right. But you've never felt but, threatened by another religion. No, I have That's not. That's going to take no, over the... No. Doesn't, but Christianity no. talks, it doesn't talk in the Bible about how you're supposed to go forth and preach the word of God and get his message out. But it doesn't say... Well, I guess I'm not doing that with five public proclamations that you better believe what I'm telling you because there is no God other than the one I'm telling you about. Right. I don't have those five proclamations. Right. 
and I don't have them at 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) But isn't it also part of the same ideology that we're facing with a number of other topics in this country right now in that you go ahead and do you, but don't force everything else upon me, whether it's trans rights, whether it's whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Live your life. Do your thing. That's my beef with every aspect of life. Yeah. Plus, if you came to this country, as most Somalis have, most of whom are Muslim, if you came to this country to escape the the desperate conditions you were experiencing, why are you trying to recreate your entire life here? Why don't you just enjoy yourself? Now, go ahead and say your prayer five times a day. But I'll, I'll echo Reavers and Kenny. I don't need to hear it. Right. You do, don't need to hear mine. Do your thing. Absolutely. Do your thing. And now I'm getting emails, too, from people calling me uh, every rotten name in the book. And that I, and they, they, they are euphorians who've uh, consumed all the Kool-Aid and believe that this is what we should do to be open and inclusive. To which I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to saying, no, I'm not getting closer and closer. I'll just say it. B.S. Uh, I I don't intrude on you five times a day with a demand that my God is superior and is the only one. I don't do that. No. And again, the only message you were trying to convey yesterday was everyone gets the same playing field here, right? Mm -hmm. That was pretty much the the gist of your conversation. No one's above anybody else. I thought that that's what the whole goal of certain parts of our lives were is is equality, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all we're asking for here. Clearly, this description of Allah of Islam exhibits a type of one-upmanship. That is to say, it takes snippets of biblical material and recasts them as if Allah is superior. This is not unlike the fact that the minarets of mosques are always constructed to a higher elevation than church buildings with crosses on them in many areas of the world. It also underscores the Islamic foundational premise that Allah has no associates, associates, thereby eliminating any understanding of the Trinity. A Christian would respond that God, as he has revealed himself in the Bible, is the only true and living God and is revealed in all of his glory in the Trinity, with Jesus being the express image of God on earth. Someone familiar with the Old Testament might recall the song at the sea, sung by the Israelites after their liberation from Egypt with the words, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? These questions, which anticipate an answer no one, are answered in Psalm 86.8 and Jeremiah 10.6, which read, There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great and your name is great in might. So the Muslims are kind of taking the Christian beliefs and kind of throwing them back in your face there. Mm. Yeah. Um, This just uh, was announced by Alpha News 12 minutes ago. Does this have something to do with what I'm talking about? The very thing you're talking about. Uh, It passed unanimously. Oh, we said that yesterday. Right. It would not be a doubt in my mind that this would pass unanimously. This was posted at 1244. And do people understand now they're going to be hearing it at 3 in the morning and 5 in the morning? I don't know. The ordinance was churches are allowed between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. This adds two. They get their three between seven and ten. They get two more. Plus, they get they got to they got to fashion the sunset one. This was sent to me uh, via a listener. I'm not going to name this person, but um, they've had experience with the uh, the call to prayers. 
Yeah, but just a minute. Hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought. I want you to get back to it. Okay. Hold that thought. Let's clarify. Let's let's uh, let's get back to this. Who's whose God is the best? Is is that what this argument's going to come down to? I'm not sure you can. I'm not sure Compare. you can get into that right debate. That depends on what your faith is. Right. Right. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Oh. Now that it's passed, is this going to increase what we call Islamophobia? Hundred percent. Yes. And do they want that to get their word out further? Ooh, are they in, double black are they inviting that? See, I'm all about psyops and not trusting anybody at face value. Let is that read, what they want? Well, you have a good point. Let me read you. Uh, this piece I'm reading is called, What Does, what does the Islamic Call to Prayer, Adhan, Really Say? And it's from the Ecumenical Interfaith of the Muslim Ministry. Conclusion. The Adhan, seen as an innocuous call to religious observance by some municipalities, which Minneapolis just probably went that right. route, right, is pregnant with Islamic theology and summons Muslims to be on the winning team. It pronounces this superiority to people of all faiths, yet for Christians it is most grievous as it co-ops many Christian concepts such as the incomparable nature of God Jesus, as the final revelation of God, bearing witness to Christian truth, the nature of a divine and saving call through salvation in Christ, redefines the purpose and message of an apostle and redefines the object and purpose of prayer. Might municipalities and the Christian churches within them consider caveat emptor, buyer beware, if the adoption of the Adhan becomes a subject of consider consideration. Perhaps this topic might cause Christians to consider their own discipline of prayer and lift up prayers for their Muslim neighbors in the Muslim world. Whatever the hell that means. So that it just passed in Minneapolis. Uh, the Muslims have... Uh, have now earned their right to, uh, by law, by ordinance, mm -hmm. to uh, sound the call to prayer five times a day, keeping in mind that two of those are going to be at hours that some people might find troublesome. Yikes. Now, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say I was sent yesterday, uh, a listener to the show did not want me to use uh, their name, but here's what the, uh, the message that I got. It was sent with some video. The first video is from my hotel in Istanbul, waking me up at 5 a.m. It was the most god-awful, annoying sound ever. Second video is from uh, the Nile River, a beautiful night ruined by that horrid noise. It was just ugly. Um, wishing I could call the show uh, to talk about the difference between the sound of church bells and this noise. Almost ruined every experience I had in Israel, every holy place, I had to listen to that. Hmm. So apparently from this person, it was overpowering. Why do they need to overpower? Well, to this person, it almost sounds like it become an aesthetic issue. Just the sound yeah. itself was bothersome. Well, right. Brooke, you know the answer to that question you just asked. It's to establish dominance. Let's not kid ourselves. 
Yeah, because no one else is doing this. No, it, that's no all, one else is doing. That's this. That's the end game here, ladies and gentlemen. That's it's that. I clear. mean, I suppose a Baptist church could say, "Oh, we had five times. I'm going to start ringing." That's not going to happen. No, it's this, it's this, to establish. This is very bold. This is very bold. It's very uh, presumptive. Uh, it's it's ballsy. This is very ballsy. It's ballsy. Remember when we were ballsy? I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember that. Yeah. I think it was a sports reference. Though. Yeah, I think it was a sports reference. <laughs> it didn't mean we were bold. No, it just meant we were lame. <laughs> uh, stick and ball, you know that sort of deal. What did you call us? You stick and ball no, nerds? no, no. It's not. We don't. No, we, I like that. I like we were dumb then. We're a lot smarter now. That's true. Well, we'll Remember see. How dumb uh, we used to be. I wonder how we the chips are. will. I wonder how the chips will fall. Uh, I don't. I don't know which neighborhoods might be uh, disturbed by this at three in the morning. How I, many I other cities know. in the United States are going through this Ooh, same thing right now? I'm reasonably certain Detroit does it. It's uh, a part of their national agenda. What here, Kenny? That's. I want to know that too. What, what's your specific question? How, how many, many cities in America? Is the Muslim call to prayer issued? Muslim. And I bet it's more than we think. To prayer. It's all buildings. Yep. This ain't happening in Withrow. Right. All right. This is from... Oh, and I have to have a subscription because of course I do. There should be 50 answers to that question. Well, I clicked on the first one. I know. Well, click on the one that doesn't require a subscription. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I love how I ask a question and somebody has somebody else deals with the fallout. <laughs> right. Don't you he like just sits there and waits. Let me hold your coat. Tell I, you uh, what, I sit at the right hand. And come of, back with the answer. I sit that. at the right hand of Joe Sushere. Right. I cannot be bothered. <laughs> right. You know, as long as you uh, have given me this time, yeah. I'll do it. I'd so like to uh, remind you that spring is the perfect time to upgrade your water. And do so with the best. That's Hofferman Water, an independent water treatment dealer. So maybe you were in the position that I was a few years ago, and you're saying, my water is so disgusting and hard. I want to get rid of this. So call them up. Kinetico is the best. They have water treatment systems that include water softeners, iron rust, and odor filtration systems, and the best drinking water system you will ever install. Trust me. It's the best. And that's because a new system from Connecticut can do other so many things that others just simply can't. It's going to cut down on your salt usage. You already know that. But it will also protect your appliances. Get on the schedule today. Spring is busy, so get on the schedule today. 952-894-4040. That's 952-894-4040. Or visit their website. Hoffermanwater.com. It'll show you every system that they have on their website. I've been a proud customer of Connecticut and Hofferman for years, and I'm very satisfied you will be too. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Tell them you heard about them here on the GL Podcast. Garage Logic Town Council member. Here's what you're missing. I forgot to tell you guys that we stopped at the uh, oh, National no. Eagle Center down in uh, uh, Wabashaw. I'll, I'll excuse that. Yeah, it was it was really neat. Yeah. I was the hit of the lobby when I grabbed an eagle puppet. 
and stood up and started singing on eagle's wings i had the entire Jeez. god what an embarrassment so i'm gonna post that on twitter i hope you'll give it a watch and yeah and here's what raise you up on eagle's wings and here's what you're gonna do you're gonna tag every single tv and radio host yes. in the market because you are so god blessed needy go behind the scenes of garage logic with unfiltered audio and video access invites to exclusive events an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself and more by signing up at garagelogic.com you cannot stop him he'll just make a move joe suchere the ladies and gentlemen that work at tri-state bobcat they're all glers uh, Tri-State's been kicking it in the Twin Cities since 83. And Tri-State also features the world-famous Toro, the bull, the leader in lawn care. And uh, I don't care if you've just got three, $400 to spend or if you're a contractor and you need yourself six new ride-on lawnmowers, there's a Toro mower for you right now. And right now, Tri-State has last year's 54-inch time cutter zero turns with the My Ride suspension for only $42.99. Current model year, 50-inch time cutters, $37.99. Check them all out at tristatebobcat.com. If you're into the whole battery thing, Toro is the way to go. When they did it, when they got in, they did it right. The 60-volt power source with the Toro Flex Force system, that runs your string trimmers, your hedge trimmers, and your leaf blowers. And it's in backpack form. That makes the uh, tools themselves very light. The handheld equipment, very light, easy to use fast charging times, and the Toro Hypercell battery systems that run the commercial-grade mowers, they have all-day run times. Get into Tri-State Bobcat for these great uh, deals and rebates on current and previous model years, zero-turn mowers. Uh, it runs through the end of May, three locations, Hudson, Little Canada, and Burnsville. Oh, and Mankey's down in Oatana. And on the web, tristatebobcat.com. It looks like Minneapolis is breaking ground among the cities in the country. How's that, Joe? To uh, issue the Muslim call. It's not that common. Do oh. we have a major announcement? This is from Arab News, Dateline Chicago. A Muslim member of the Minneapolis City Council who successfully sponsored a law to permit the broadcast of the Adhan call to prayer from the city's nearly 40 mosques said that it can easily be approved in many other cities across America. Jamal Osman, who was elected to the city council in August of 2020, told Arab News during the Ray Hanini radio show... Oh, I love that morning show. ...that the approval Nutty. for the Adhan call to prayer was within existing Minneapolis laws, which permits music, sounds, and verbal recitations... To be played publicly as long as they do not exceed a certain decibel noise ceiling. After exploring the law, Osmond determined that if the level... He wasn't working on your streetlights right. or your potholes. Right, your pot, right. He's, uh, he's been exploring how he can bring about the call to prayer. After exploring the law, Osmond determined that if the level of the call to prayer remained under the legal decibel sound ceiling, it would be approved to be broadcast from the city's mosques between the hours of 7 a.m. and 10 p.m. every day year-round. Uh, there will be four prayers that will be accepted, leaving the Fajir prayer behind. Uh, Osmond said, the mosques here and the community are happy. 
All right. But some of the mosques here and the leaders of the mosques, the Mazjids, they realize they want to be respectful to non-believers. Now, let me stop right there. This is where you, you find the distinction between Christianity and Muslim. Because we practice what we practice. Uh, me, for example, believe in God. To a Muslim, I'm a non-believer. Right. right. So that puts a, a particular weight on the idea that the call to prayer says there is no God but the one we're broadcasting here on our horn. Joe, join us. They're telling me I'm a non-believer. Right. Well, isn't that important to factor into your thinking? Well, we all think so, but again, we're being overruled. It sounds like uh, the prayer at 5 in the morning won't be sounded. I'd have to do more homework. But Joe, think about uh, think about your neighborhood. Think about where I grew up, Highland Park, where it was. Uh, you have a Catholic, you'd have a Jewish family, and then you'd have a Lutheran family. Now, for the Jews, uh, they're non-believers. But you know what? We all got along great. But the they're Jews, not going right, to tell Jews, me that five times a day. Right. They're, they're not right. Exactly. And that's that's why I don't know. There has to be this distinction for the. The call to prayer that, hey, we're different and we're here now. Just go pray for anybody you want. Go, you know, do your own religion. I just leave me out. Uh, of it. Up until today, uh, the decibel level was, as far as I can see here, sixty decibels during seven to ten, and fifty ten p.m. until seven a.m. My question is: Does this law apply only? to churches and call to prayer, or can I put my um, speakers in the window and play Mr. Crowley by Ozzy Osbourne five times a day at 60 decibels? It's a good question, and uh, presumably, uh, well, A, you would not do that because you're a relatively decent human being. And but I have evil thoughts. You do. Uh, I don't know. how that, that gets me too far afield here. Uh, right. I would say the answer to your question is yes, that does allow you to. Yeah, I would think. According yeah. to Mi- MiddleEastEye.net, the Minneapolis and St. Paul market, uh, which are referred to as Twin Cities, have a population of around 182,000 Muslims, according to 2017 statistics, mm-hmm. which I would imagine is higher than that now. What percentage of that makes up the Twin Cities? That's less than... I don't know. Okay. You're reading. I wonder what Sahan Journal is saying. Oh, that's a good point, Kenny. I'm just looking at this piece from the Arab News. And Uh, uh, I also... Now, this has been going on from one mosque during Ramadan for the last three years that was allowed. And I haven't heard any pushback on that. I haven't heard any fallout from that. I don't know which mosque it's been sounding, but this has uh, been taking place. This change is that it's now uh, available to be used by all mosques in Minneapolis. Yowza. And then I suppose they'll take it up in Bloomington and Richfield and wherever else there's a mosque. Right. Uh, I suppose St. Paul will get on board here quick because it's the uh, 
It's the appetite of the moment. Well, there you have it. Okay. But you mentioned... Uh, what are you going to do? Joel, is it... What was his name? Osman. Osman. Getting to the really core issues Jamal of this... Osmond. Jamal, I'm sorry. Uh, getting to the really core issues that plague the city of Minneapolis, this being chief among them, in, in his opinion. But that's your problem in a nutshell, isn't it? Right there? We're not worried about anything else other than our own ideology. Well, he went to politics to get the call of prayer, and Lee Finky went in to get worried about transgender, and the whole thing is breaking down because more and more representatives are representing single issues. Right. They're running to get their issue and get on that payroll. In the meantime, the basics that people pay through pay for through exorbitant property taxes are not being helped. They're not being handled. They're not being accommodated. Uh, we are in a bad way in this country in terms of the fact that we are very poorly led. And uh, I don't give a flying bleep about Jamal Osman, but he's poorly leading. This yes. is, I mean, you know, I'm sure he's working on other things, but... Uh, uh, we don't know that. He he brought this about, and, and I'm sure that his constituency is, is terribly pleased, and uh, and there you have it. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He was elected, and this is what he's done. So, Did you find uh, what our guest said about voter turnout interesting? Because I certainly did. Yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm just glad we got Jeff Dayton coming in tomorrow. To take a break from all of this? Yes. To talk uh, about John this? Hyde will be here with a guitar. Jeff Dayton will be here with a guitar. He's in Excelsior tomorrow night. He's at uh, Curly's in Fridley. What's that place called in Fridley? <laughs> um, Curly's. It's, uh, no, it's not Fridley. I thought it was up in Anoka. Fridley. And it's, it's called um, Crooners. Crooners, yeah. Crooners in Fridley and the Music Cafe in Excelsior Fridley. tomorrow night. Are you sure it's Fridley? I thought it was Anoka. Crooners in Fridley. I'm reading the Jeff Dayton email to it's, me. It's going to be a fun Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guess where Jeff gets to go on May 7th? I don't know. Honolulu. Really? Well, I'm looking at his tour schedule right now. Wow. I could, I'm, he could not be coming in more time, in, in, in a, at a better time. We have the garage door opener tomorrow. You're calling it already? Well, we're relatively certain of that. We got the call to pray. We got the call to pray. Yep. He knows about that. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, uh. Here we go here. Joe, I work for a major retailer based in Minnesota. Today I had to do some more BS equity training, which has become standard fare at this point. Mm-hmm. However, I did come across a new term this time around. What you got, bro? The term describes people whose brain differences affect how their brain works. Or as a normal person would say, they have an abnormal brain or mental disability. Some listed examples are Tourette's, Down syndrome, epilepsy, bipolar disorder, OCD, personality disorder, depression, etc. While this new term is, an actu- is actually an accurate word, uh, it is just another example of people creating words because they don't like the current terms that make them feel bad about themselves. Okay. On the other hand, maybe this can be turned for the better. Perhaps you could use this as a way to insult the crew without their knowing. Rookie, I know in the past I've said your neurons don't fire correctly, but I've been wrong this whole time. You don't have a problem with your brain. You're neurodivergent. Exactly. That's the new word I can't they came even up say with. It. And this was in rural Wisconsin. 
You're okay. neurodivergent. Neurodivergent. You don't have OCD. Okay. I'm you don't have uh, you don't have any problems. You're neurodivergent. Hey, I'm neurodivergent. That's all you got to remember. I I I. <laughs> sometimes neurodivergent. I, sometimes I refer to you by, as, as a word that we can no longer say in public anymore. Yes, that too. I am yes. guilty of that as well. Yes. Yep. Got it. Got you on that one, cowboy. Sort of disabled in a certain way. Uh yes, yes. Hundred <laughs> yep, percent, definitely, definitely hundred percent. You're divergent. And 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 uh, uh, Todd writes, Joe, during the April 11 podcast, you read several predictions that experts made about the environment or the global warming. Several being from the 70s. That caused me to recall when I was in the sixth grade in 1975. The teacher gave a paper to each student with one question. What do you want to be in 10 years? My answer was that I wanted to be 22. Apparently, my answer <laughs> lacked the deep thought and profound answer she was expecting. <laughs> I suppose it was a uh, an Earth Day assignment, huh? That's funny. Uh, and you kids, push back. you got Earth Day coming. Push back. Can we take a time out so I can get some water? Sure. Aguas? Truth, Justice, and the Suture. Only because yeah. they come to us all the way from Marloth Park into Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Limans. On this day... Joe, today is April 13th. In 1849, the, the Army officially occupied Fort Gaines, later renamed Fort Ripley. The post had been built to monitor the Ho-Chunk people at Long Prairie and to negotiate with the nearby Ojibwe and Dakota bands. Hmm. On this day in 1907, Harold Stassen was born in West St. Paul. Elected governor at age 32, he became the youngest individual to hold that office from 1939 to 1943. He resigned as governor to serve as lieutenant commander in the Navy during World War II, his long and distinguished career in public service would undoubtedly be overshadowed by a string of defeats as he sought the Republican nomination for president. Didn't he? Every, about every election, I think he sought the yeah, nomination. Right. He died in 2001. What happened in sports on this day in 1967? Uh, what is today? April, April 13th. 19, oh, something about the North Stars. North Stars left. No, no all 67 is when they got here, right? They were born. They were born in the fall of 67. Okay. No, Damn. Rod Carew played his first major league game. Rodney. With oh. the Twins. He hit a single. And another sports item. On this day in 1993. 1993. This is when the North Stars moved to Dallas. Played their final game at the Met Center, defeating the Blackhawks. Norm Green sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They lost to the Blackhawks. 3-2. to two. The team moved to Dallas later that year. So in the fall of 1994, the, the star moved no, to Dallas. No, wait, wait, wait. Where are the stars? No, in the fall of, of 1993. They, be, they were the Dallas Stars. So they played their final game here in, on April 
13th, and by the by October of the same year, they were playing in Dallas. And how hey. great will the playoff matchup against those two franchises be? Let's yeah. smoke them. Did you see that uh, Tay, his last night, Tay's his last night is yeah. tonight. They made an announcement. which I, He's done. Taves from the Blackhawks. They announced that this will be his final game in Chicago. Well, he's suffering long COVID. Really? Yeah, he's been having a hell of a time. That's what I read. I didn't know that. Yeah. Poor guy. How old is he? 30. You don't know, do you? Uh, I don't well, know. he got rid of his guy. Kane. Kane went to where? Buffalo? New York. He's he a Ranger. Ranger. He went to the Ranger. He went yeah. to the range. Yeah, I think the old Blackhawk are rebuilding. Yeah. Well, good. Let's smoke them when they're down. Thank you, GLers. We don't play them, Rook. Damn it. Hey. What should the GLers do, Rook? Besides subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at RookieGL. What a shameless plug. Yeah, it really is. Um, actually, I'm not a super Twitter user. I only you use really are not, I'm which not you need to be Twitter better. You're user. almost as bad as Joe. But you can follow Garage Logic on Twitter. Yes, you can. We're social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. Uh, you can subscribe to Garage Logic on YouTube and see wonderful videos that will entertain you. Or if you're looking for a brand new podcast, well, then go to Pod MN on your smartphone. Pod MN on your smartphone and select one from the library there. Click over to Garage Logic and check out the Garage Logic Town Council for a mere $10 a month or 100 bucks for a year. You will be You get in. to hang out You'll with us. That's cheap at twice the price. Inside the crew. Go to garagelogic.com and find out more about the Garage Logic Town Council. If you sign up, $10 Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Store gift card. Thanks, Mike. Ciao. Time once again to check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again, and now's the time for you to do the same. So don't delay. Pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh. And as always, you will get straight talk. You will never get sugar-coated advice, and the man himself is with us right now, Josh, you are loaded for bear today, so let's get to it. You want to touch on, of course, earnings starting this week, but the Fed is continuing to stick to their dogma, and they don't really rely on information in the real economy, do they? The Fed might disagree with that fact, but then I see and hear, in listening to Fed governors speak over the last several days, is higher for longer. Higher for longer, we're still a long way from our target of inflation at 2%. Yeah, there could be some issues with banks, but the banking system is still very very stable. Ha ha. Yes, the banking system is still very stable. We'll find out how stable that is tomorrow when some of the major banks start reporting, including JP Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Penn National, among others. Morgan Stanley comes next week, as does uh, Goldman Sachs and a host of other regional banks. When I say ha ha with the, the banks, just take a look at their loan book and the value of their loan books. They're not, if they were marked to market, those loans would not be worth. 100 cents on the dollar as they might have been a year ago or even six months ago. Now, I'd probably debate that, too, because interest rates, you know, are, we're still zooming up. If they look at banks' bond portfolios, if they were held on a mark-to-market basis and not held to maturity, and we could we saw what happened when bonds were held to maturity and customers wanted their deposits out very quickly, as evidenced by Silicon Valley Bank. The bank had to sell their bonds at a substantial discount to the market because interest rates were twice 
what the coupon yield was when the banks bought these, or the Silicon Valley Bank bought the bonds. That becomes an issue, and if you spread that out to a lot of banks on a mark-to-market basis, there's issues with banks' credit at this point, so the banks are going to be forced to tighten credit or credit standards that could make it difficult for companies to get additional borrowing power and or loans that could slow down certain types of real estate investment, certain types of business investment that could lead to a slowdown in the economy. And if truth be told, and the, ba- and the Fed was actually looking at the bank issues, the bank's issues would be the equivalent of another 25 to 75 basis point hike in interest rates on top of where interest rates are right now, that's very significant, leads to an economic slowdown. Now I'm talking overall, not in terms of any specific company, but to me, the Fed, and I know there are people who are very happy with what the Fed has done relative to raising interest rates to bring down the cost, bring down inflation. To me, their policy mistakes on interest rates are way too much, too high, too fast, and without seeing the overall effects. As a matter of fact, I think the Fed was raising so fast in their effort to bring down inflation, you know, continued to say, well, we still haven't seen the effects of this, and they're still looking at data that's maybe uh, several months old. From my seat in a, in a diner, the Fed should have just said, hey, time to pause. We want to see the effects of what we're doing on the economy before we go further. But meantime, Fed speak is full steam ahead. Inflation is not at our target. You know, they tried to get inflation above 2% for a long time, and it took until people came back to work after the government-mandated shutdown slash recession and the government pumping excess money into the system to do that, not to mention, of course, changing the energy policy. Well, we've talked about that a lot. The Fed does meet May 3rd and 4th. We'll see what happens on on that day. May 4th also is a big day for me and my clients as Apple reports their earnings that day. Apple, my largest, largest position, has been my largest position since 2004. And I do have a long-term target of $250 a share based on their current business. But reports have come out that iPhone sales have been resilient. So that should be a plus, but Apple has stated, and I think statistics could bear bear this out, and I say Apple has stated this for two quarters in a row, Macintosh sales, computer sales are going to trend down for several several quarters. I believe that this uh, shortfall from uh, Macintosh sales will probably be made up with both iPhone sales and services business. So, plus Apple still has a substantial amount of cash. In an interview with uh, Warren Buffett while he was in Japan, a question was posed to him, or he posed this question to, to, to a number of people. Hey, if I gave you $1,000, if I gave you $1,000, would you give me your iPhone and promise never to buy another iPhone? And the answer was a resounding no. By the same token, he asked, well, if I gave you $1,000 and told you not to buy a Ford or a Chevrolet, would you do that? Oh, yes. Give me the thousand bucks. Point there being that the iPhone, you know, no longer a discretionary item. It definitely will call it a staple item. Another company uh, I own and has been very frustrated by the performance of their stock, Amazon released their uh, CEO's shareholder letter today, and they were very big in the shareholder letter about regenerative artificial intelligence being applied not only across the board, but specifically to their AWS. And they said they've been working on this for, we'll say, over 20 years. As a uh, 
shareholder, boy, I wish you had done this or, or brought this out a little early, earlier, and talked about that before. Amazon still remains very, very frustrating to me, and we'll see, you know, how they report again at the end end of the month. On a positive note, Delta reported today, yes, they missed their numbers from the last quarter, but they guided up as they saw significant advanced billings. I'm not an investor in airline stocks. If you look at some of the other travel-related companies, leisure-related companies, which I happen to like, you'll see that they have had a positive response to this. Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk, as always. GLers, you heard him. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never, ever sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great day, a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. As long as you remember to fund your IRA before tax day. Absolutely. Okay. See you, Chris. See you, Josh. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.